0: Welcome to Tee Up Logistics Insights, presented by iDrive Logistics and ShipCaddy. Our hosts take a deep dive into logistics, supply chain, and small parcel shipping with special emphasis on the landscape of the e-commerce industry and behind the scenes of the warehouses supporting the backbone of American business.
1: Hello and welcome everybody to this week's episode of Up Logistics. This week's episode, we have Grant Crossley and Colt McLean talking with us today on some logistic trends. Grant and Colt, tell us about yourselves. Tell us how you started in the logistics industry and how much you've been enjoying it. What what have you been learning?
2: It wasn't on purpose. I actually took a marketing position at the company and had to learn as much about logistics as possible. Then I started to understand it better and then start jumping in and talking to companies that ship all the time. And I'm able to help them understand kind of like what's going on, strategize with them, and eventually get them better rates. So I enjoy what I do because of the knowledge that I have. I think a similar aspect,
0: right? I wasn't expecting to be in this industry at all. Uh went to school and I I was trying to get out of school as quick as possible and they they said the fastest way with all the classes that I had taken would be a supply chain management degree and so I went that route and uh you know it sparked some interest and sparked some attention from, you know, companies led me here and, and now I'm here at, you know, I drive and uh yeah, I mean from then it's just it's just been logistics everything.
2: So So how
1: many years for each of you has it been? Five. Five and Three. Three. Okay, so if you can look back to those years when you started, what was one of the first pieces of knowledge or things that you learned about when you came into logistics?
2: There's not a lot of competition out there when it comes to carriers. And that was weird to me, being in America, having a capitalistic view of everything, where, heck, someone could come in and disrupt the market, and that's what Amazon is doing. But it was surprising. Like Again, right now you got the the UPS, the FedEx, which is that duopoly. Then you have USPS, which can compete, but it's on lighter weight things. And then you have DHL that made the merge back into the domestic shipping. And then some regional carriers are popping up. But for the majority of companies, UPS and FedEx are who they're using. And so that was a, a shocker to me being in America.
1: So how many... How many small third-party carriers? Can you list them all? Can you list them all? No, I mean, only- there's
2: a lot of them, and they're, they're small for a reason. They don't have a, a national footprint. Um, regional carriers, again, like the, we like to look at the, the West Coast, East Coast. You got the OnTrack and the laser ship on the East Coast. You have LSO down south in Texas. Um, again, there's, there's, there's more throughout the U.S., but those are kind of major ones.
0: Colt, what did you figure out? Well, I think that, the first, the industry hasn't been around a long time. I, I didn't realize that and not recognize that just in general. Like, there's been aspects of the industry that's been in everything, but actual, you know, roles where you're going to need someone that's going to be in charge of your supply chain or in charge of your logistics. I mean, that's, been, that's only been around for 30, 40 years. And that's something that's really fascinating, you know, it's just in general of how important it is now and how it hasn't been, you know, as prominent, you know, there hasn't been as many logistics companies or, you know, supply chain, you know, consultants and things like that in the industry, because, you know, e-commerce has just exploded and it's just become such a big deal and shipping is part of like every day, you know, for, for a business now. And, and, uh, it just wasn't as prominent, uh, per se with. You know, where where you would be, you know, searching out third parties or, or help with that. It was a lot of just figuring it out on your own. That wasn't your role. It was, you know, you have to, you know, know about supply chain while you also know about marketing within a company and things like that. Your you know, your hands and everything. But now that shipping costs are so expensive and it's your, your biggest expense as a business. It's so, so important and it's so needed. You need experts, you need people that are knowledgeable about that to help you, you know, to make sure that you're not spending too much and that you're in the right place at the right time and things like that. So I think that was the biggest thing. And I just didn't recognize how it's not, you know, this isn't an industry that's been around a long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, when I first had become a part of it, I was doing research on the amount of people, amount of companies, small companies that start up, whether they start up on small companies that start up on Kickstarter, and how many of them actually go bankrupt because their shipping isn't Mm -hmm. good at all?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at companies, I feel like top three largest expenditures, shipping is bound to be one of those in most companies.
0: Yeah,
2: 100%.
0: I think the biggest thing, too, is you'll see now people going out of markets like, you know, international shipping can be expensive, you know, if you're shipping from here in the United States and trying to expand, let's say, to Canada and things like that. We have a lot of companies, you know, that we work with that will choose to literally not expand even though they have a customer base within Canada just just due to shipping and just due to the margins that they're gonna make there and the expense. And that's something that's, you know, very prominent, which is, you know, I think it's just hard for me to process through, you know, if you have customers in Canada or you have customers in Europe or, or wherever it may be, you're gonna want to get it there. But you know, sometimes you have to pick and choose your battles. And so I think it's, uh, that's also something that's been, is, is very interesting.
2: It's just, you know.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And we're, it's not that we're in, or either any of us three are in a CEO, CFO kind of position, but you guys do at iDrive get to have the opportunity to help people and companies save money from, like you were talking about, the fact that carriers and other companies are really trying to give major, huge surcharges, they have to pay a ton of money. So how do you, how do you guys feel? Does it, is it a fulfilling part of your job to be able to help companies save money? How do you help them save money the best? I know we have optimizing, but.
2: Yeah. I mean, looking at companies and understanding what their strategy could be is probably the biggest benefit that we bring to the table. So like, again, rolling into Q4 and as Colt had mentioned, like companies aren't shipping to certain places because things are so expensive. Amazon has created this, again, the Amazon effect. Everyone knows that the two-day free shipping, um, it's super hard to compete with. And so companies going into Q4, understanding prices are going to increase, also volume is going to increase, and how can you capitalize on that? And that's really, you got to understand your demographic. What do your packages look like? What carrier aligns best with your shipping? That's not just for Q4, but it's a good time to, Start investing in what your strategy could be because that's going to help you for the long term. But I mean, we, we talked about this earlier, today, postal induction. What is that? Why is it beneficial? And especially going into Q4, what's some pros and cons to it? And to give a little background, postal induction, when you're thinking about a company like DHL e-commerce or even smart post, easy post, Sure sets post that apart, too. or sorry, surepost. <laughs> <But> yeah, <no. laughs> well, they they will actually pick up your product. They'll sort it. They'll skip essentially all of the, the major carrier sorting facilities, which oftentimes in Q4 are backed up. And then they will deliver it to a local post office for final delivery. So essentially, they're inducting your packages further down the line um, to be delivered. So that's what we call postal induction. Um, but Colt, I guess. What What do you think? There's some pros and cons to to postal induction. Well, I
0: think. I mean, just going back to what Sky said. And I mean, I'll answer that too, Grant. But what Sky was talking about. I mean, with supply chain, just in general, and and logistics, that final mile, you're constantly preparing. So it's like, you know, right now we're at, we're at the point where we're moving into Q4. We're only a week away from technically Q4. Q4 is obviously the busiest time. You know, the, the postal induction is a great, great idea, but the transition can kind of, you know, sometimes take time to any carrier, any service or, or whatever. And so these are things that you're preparing for constantly, you know, whether it's months or, or years in advance of, of transitions that you want to make and you want to be ahead of the game. And that's something that we're, you know, constantly recommending to our customers or you know, our clientele is is... Be ahead of the game. Be constantly strategizing, or you're going to get okay. caught with you know heavy expenses. But just going off of what you, you grant you're talking about, right? Postal induction. This is something that's very prominent. You know, there's there's uh, when you're using a postal induction service, you're taking into account kind of a few different things. You know, there's positives and there's negatives with with the postal induction company. I mean, some of the positives are obvious, right? It's a cheaper cost um, if you are um, you know, willing to sacrifice uh transit times. Let's say, you know, you're a company that's just transit times that aren't necessarily that important. You don't have a product that needs to get there, you know, next day, two days, three days, you know, even a week down the line. This is something you need to be considering. You can't be just using, you know, you know, everyday ground or or things like that if you don't need to. And uh you know, that's a, the that's a big pos- positive is, is just how cost-effective it can be, uh, you know, much cheaper prices per package. But the negatives is, is is clear, you know, it's it's slower transit times. Uh, it's, it's a little bit, you know, dangerous when you're doing a handoff, you know, to another carrier. We've definitely seen issues before with tracking and, and things like that, that that definitely do come up and it's something to consider. But it's just some of the sacrifices that you have to make and, and just be willing to adjust to. You know, when it, when in terms of a postal induction company or carrier, I guess you could say, or service is, you know, you got to take into account all of these things.
2: See, I'm a, I'm a postal induction believer though. So those are, (laughs) there are some negatives, right? But I don't think they're as big as what people think. Yes, there's a handoff, but I mean, we, we track everything. We look at the stats and it's like a 99.9% accuracy rate. And so, yes, there's 0.1% issues. But again, if you look at all the carriers, you're going to run into that issue too. And they don't even hand it off. So I'm a believer. You do sacrifice a day, maybe two in transit on average, but the cost is there. I mean, you're saving a lot of money. And again, going back to the strategy with the Amazon era that we're in, the free two-day shipping, I feel like if you're giving options to your customers online and they see a free option, it may take a few extra days. I think they're totally cool with that because they had the option, the option for expedited, even yeah. though it may cost a little bit more. And so, again, going back to strategizing, maybe one carrier isn't always the best, but a multi-carrier mold might make sense. But there's pros and cons to that as well. But, again, go back to postal induction. I'm a believer. They haven't <laughs> always been the best. They've been pumping in a ton of money. I think... DHL, I can't remember. It was like three, three hundred million or something. They they put into oh, their, wow. their network to update. But over the course it. Of course, the past few years, it's even been more. Yeah. Right, I think. Yeah,
0: I think that's a recent one. They, yeah, a lot, a lot of money into it.
2: Yeah,
1: I thought in talking about this expectation that customers have for this shipping, I don't think customers or any person buying a product going in for an expectation really takes into account where the logistic company is and where logistics is as a whole in the economy they amazon comes in they have all free two-day shipping or they have free shipping overnight whatever it is but you know what cost is that is that making the company and what are your thoughts how how do we educate more people that okay amazon may give you the overnight shipping or the free one-day shipping but you're you're actually you're hurting smaller companies. You're hurting other companies more by just only sticking with Amazon.
2: I think Amazon's getting themselves in a little pigeonhole right now just because I think initially they came out with that thinking, oh, we're going to squash our competition pretty quick. They're taking a loss for sure when it comes to shipping, but I think it's taking a lot longer than they thought. So who knows how long this gets kept but up. Amazon
0: can deal with that loss. I mean, They've been dealing with for a long, long time. But yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I agree 100%. But in yeah, what you're saying, Sky, you know, this is something that all businesses have to consider, uh-huh. right? But, I mean, the fact that you, you got to take into account, what are what am I going to do? So you can go with Amazon and they're going to cut into your margin, to, you know, the agreements that they'll come up with, you know, with you, right? So I, I don't know the exact percentage, but they're taking a percentage of the cut. And then, you know, just in general, you're going to not make as much money maybe early on. I actually am, you know, I'm, I'm a pro Amazon guy. I think Amazon's a great thing, you know, for many of her reasons. I'm very pro more competition, the more the merrier. I think it's actually a really effective place for startup companies. So if you think about, you know, startup companies that don't have a brand, if you don't have a brand, you got to get that brand. Somehow you got to get the uh, recognition or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and going on Amazon or something like that, it provides you that opportunity to get that, you know, get a little bit of a customer base, but yeah. it's a risk, right? You're taking, I mean, that's low margins, maybe for the first few years. And then as your your brand expands, maybe you move away from Amazon, you start making more money, you have a bigger customer base and those types of things. So I, I think there's a place for Amazon in the market that it's hundred percent. It's obvious, right? I mean, the world loves it. Um, but I, I think the big thing that you you need to be taking into account is you know, let's say you get to a customer, you know, you're at that point where you move away from Amazon or you never go to Amazon, you've got to find ways to compete with them. Because there's gonna be products, you know, that are gonna maybe be similar to you and similar to your industry, and they're gonna be on Amazon. And you've got to find a way to compete with them. And I think one of the best ways you can do this is, you know, going back to the postal induction company or or, or finding ways to get cheaper, you know, shipping in general. That provides you a way to have free shipping or offer that, you know, like Amazon's offer yeah. or even something similar, like, let's say 3 to $5 or just relaying the cost on, um, it, you know, that is something that if you can provide... This free shipping or this opportunity, that's when you begin to really compete with Amazon. But the, the big thing is you can't just provide free shipping when shipping has cost you $15 a package and you're making your own money. Right. Right. You gotta be, you gotta make sure that your shipping rates are up to par so that you can strategize and offer that free shipping or offer that $5, you know, or whatever it may be you know these are all the things you need to be considering is is how can i find ways to you know cut my costs how can i find ways to do all those things would you and and on the topic of of rates we know that if
1: someone's been in the, if a owner of a business has been in an industry for a long time they know how important shipping is but wh- how many young company startups do you think actually consider shipping and rates and actually look into this
2: uh not many but i feel like their first couple batches that I go shoot. People. Yeah, they're <laughs> all crap. <laughs> Yeah, let's start to realize it quick. I
1: got I got into this and y- you had said Amazon's not a bad way to look, but there's also this for cute, there the that you can get cheaper ways. It may we'll take the 3 to 5 business days, but is that is would you say that that's even a a, a bad standard? Is our customers looking at 3 to 5 business days and being like, "Oh, I I don't that's too long." Are they still looking at 35 business days? But like, Oh, it's still reasonable
2: time. I personally don't think it's an issue anymore. Again, I have Amazon Prime. Uh-huh. I order off of it all the time. It says it's a Prime product and I get it a week later. And I'm like, oh, cool. It came. Obviously, it's in the back of my mind. It should have been two days or less. But I think that's calmed down in the market, even though it's nice when we do get it. But I think, again, going back to these postal induction, it's cheaper. Transit time's a little longer. But the entry to get those rates, you got to have a ton of volume. They're not just giving these cheap rates to little guppies that are just starting out. Um There's ways around that, like jumping into a 3PL, getting on, sorry, yeah, you know, piggybacking on somebody else's rates. Um Yeah. Again, I, I personally don't think transit time right now is huge, especially if you're like, you're upfront about it. You're not telling them they're going to get it next day or two days and Right, you let them know it's going to take a little bit, and I feel like COVID kind of helped that because you can put that in front of everything due to COVID. Yeah, do whatever. Yeah, dude, you know, yeah, thing, know, right, yeah. yeah so talk- cool with it.
1: Yeah, what it, what it, what did COVID do to to that? You kind of touched a little bit on on what that's done for smaller companies and be able to ship with postal induction. That was that the biggest help that they could have gotten was COVID,
2: or I think so. I mean, yeah, because COVID when COVID hit, especially during Q four. It destroyed the, the, facility, the sorting facilities of the carriers. They just had so much that things were just getting piled up and late deliveries were going crazy. Uh-huh. Um, that brought in postal induction companies to surpass all those built-up facilities and go straight to the local offices. And their transit time was actually better than the other carriers during Q4 just because they were able to miss all of that. So I think... I think that will continue. continue. I think that's going to continue.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, I, I, I think 100%. I mean, and postal induction companies, smaller carriers, regional carriers, I think you could put these all in kind of a similar category. You know, obviously, they're, they're widely different from the supply chain perspective and actually how you get the package and everything. But in this category of moving away from the standard, you know, FedEx, UPS… You know, two day or ground or whatever. Uh-huh. It's moving away from this ideology of that. This is the way you have to do it. Or Amazon Prime, right? Getting your package. Uh, there's other ways to go about it. I Grant mentioned the whole three PL. This I think three PL has you know exploded because of this. I mean, COVID's helped it to uh, to really you know become way more prominent. But I think just in general, the the Aspect of the carriers where they're not willing to, and this has been around forever, but they're not willing to, you know, give rates, you know, great rates out to, you know, just a smaller company or things like that, right? You know, the, the rates vary depending on size and the packages yeah. that you're shipping and where you're shipping to, where you're shipping from, all those types of things, your customer base and all that, that, those things that a carrier will take into account when they're giving rates. The 3PL is really become so, so much more prominent because now you can provide rates that are better than what you would get if you're a low-volume client, right? And then not only that, uh, or a low-volume c- company, but not only that, these 3PLs are able to also provide more carrier options. So you think about facilities. Let's say that they have regional carriers in that facility. They have UPS and FedEx and USPS or whatever it may be, Right. They have all of these different options, so you can strategize and pick and choose. Because within the industry, that doesn't happen when you have your own facility, unless you are a high, high volume client. If you're, if you're a lower or mid level client, you know your options are very minimal and very few. You're not going to get the attention of. You know, when we said already, you know, DHL e-commerce or you're not going to get the attention of these, you know, regional carry on track leadership. They're not going to want to, you know, service to you because you're not providing enough volume when they go and pick up and those things. And so that's something that's great about the 3PL that I think that, you know probably isn't taken into account a lot. You know, a lot of people want to move to the 3PL because they don't want to deal with warehousing and deal with any of that. But really the the aspect of going to a 3PL and being able to have more options and, and just the cost effectiveness really, I think, is something that's very important. Uh, yeah. Anything you want
2: to add, Grant? No. I mean, yeah. Going back to as a customer, I guess as a company, wanting to give your company your customers options, throwing those up on your shopping cart. And at that point, again, more options for your customer it's great because whenever they pick it's whatever they wanted to pick if it's slower in transit they picked it if it's faster they picked it yeah oh yeah absolutely options.
1: absolutely no i that, that's some some great some great insights i want to move into uh our other part for our venting session what uh what uh what's been what's been bothering what what about the industry is just something that you just you need to get off your chest
2: I feel like I already expressed mine with postal induction, a lot of haters, but I talk to people every day and the USPS has a lot of haters and it makes sense. I mean, they haven't always been great. They hurt a lot of companies during Q4 with super late delivery and no deliveries at all. Right. Um, but again, on an, on an average, they are awesome. Like if you look at their stats, like their numbers are almost better than FedEx, I think Last I looked, they were better than FedEx and UPS on delivery time. They got a three-day with priority um, the first class. Again, they took it off of taking they took it off of planes, and so it is traveling ground. But regardless, I feel like their network has been around for so long. The sorting facilities are improving; haven't always been the best. But that's my that's my vent. USPS I like that. I isn't like that. as bad as what people think. And I feel like if they're looking at their packages under ten pounds, maybe under eight pounds. Go USPS. Yeah, Save money. No more, money, get no more hating time. on UPS. Don't hate on UPS. No, USPS. no haters. Don't hate on USPS.
1: USPS. Yeah, you know,
0: post office. U- post the office.
1: Post, of the yeah, post office. Yeah, I say post office. What about
0: you, Cole? What's, what's been on your chest? I think the biggest thing is, is you can't have everything. I think I've been oh. noticing this with a lot of companies is, you know, just people in general, you know, you think for some reason uh, there's this belief that, oh yeah, I can have fast transit times, cheap rates, you know, great tracking, great service, all of these things, that they all come into one, and it's somewhere that you can find this magic ball that everybody there sits somewhere... It's just not the case, and I think Ugh. that this is something that I've noticed a lot. It's just you gotta pick and choose. You gotta pick and choose what's the most important to you. Yeah. And this is the part of the strategy. This is the part of kind of some of the things we've talked about. But that's a big thing that I, I'm noticing is is you gotta figure out you know what you're willing to sacrifice you know to get what you really you know what's really mo- most important. I think that's so applicable. Yeah. And and something super important.
1: What's uh? What's that? You can't can't have your cake and eat it too. Is that how that's that goes? That's right. I tell my that's kids right. all the time. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, sweet. Well, is there anything else you guys wanted to add? Anything you want to throw in? Just, I mean, you guys have been awesome today. It's been a privilege just chatting with you guys again about, like I said, postal induction, ways that we can help improve people's rates and good luck in Q4. It's going to be a fun one. That's right. Pro, pro postal induction. That's oh, what, that's what And them. don't and don't be hating on USPS. <laughs> that's right. They're they're the grind. Can't have your cake and eat it too. Cool. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming.
0: Thank yeah, you. Thank you.